0: Dr. Mike here. So, you know, when it comes to living forever-ish, you got to know what's in and you got to know what's out. Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gossert. All right. Welcome to Live Forever-ish. I'm your host, Dr. Mike. And of course, I'm with my co-host, Dr. Crystal Gossert. Welcome to the show, Dr. Crystal
1: Hello, Dr. Mike.
0: All right. So this is our what's in and what's out for living foreverish, right? That long, vibrant, strong life. And so let's get right into this. In number one, very interesting to me, hmm. right? Topical CoQ10, not oral, topical. Tell us about that.
1: Well, CoQ10, we love it. And when I first started thinking about the concept of topical, you know, CoQ10 has been shown to help topically your gums, like people dealing with um, receding gum lines, periodontal disease. You you know, it's funny.
0: That's one of the first times I've ever heard of CoQ10 when I was in medical school. Oh, really? Where somebody was using topical CoQ10 for receding gum lines.
1: Wow! Yeah, yes. that, was, that was a
0: long time ago. So I guess it's coming back.
1: <laughs> well, coming back in a different way. Um, the focus for this topical discussion relates to the skin, and you know, it's um, CoQ10 is actually can be concentrated in the skin. It acts as an antioxidant, reduces oxidative stress, inflammation, DNA damage in the skin. And we know that when the DNA is damaged, then that can could lead right, to yeah. skin cancer.
0: Right. So there was a clinical trial, right? But twenty was it twenty uh, participants with photo damage. Tell us about that one, because I that looks pretty good. That trial. Well, yes.
1: Who wants photo damaged skin? You know, that's th- those are the, the dark spots that can sometimes show up if you have been in the sun a lot. So 20 mature participants, I'm saying mature in quotes, um, and they (laughs) topically apply CoQ10 around one eye and a placebo cream around the other eye. This is once daily. So one eye versus the other eye. One eye is getting the CoQ10, the other eye is not. And after six months, there was a 27% reduction in the average wrinkle depth on the CoQ10 treated side. Compared to the control side, yeah,
0: yeah, and that you know when people hear that number, sometimes um, it, when it comes to skin wrinkles, the fine lines, and you you see some clinical trials with things like fifteen percent reduction in the lines. Here it was twenty seven reduction, right, in wrinkle depth. You, a lot of people may not think that that doesn't sound a lot because we like things in the eighties and nineties, right? But right. a twenty seven percent is pretty. That's noticeable, right?
1: I'll take a two percent reduction <laughs> in the appearance of my wrinkles.
0: <laughs> All right. There you have it. We're gonna we're gonna look for something for Dr. Crystal at 2%.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: so that is topical coQ10 for our in number one. In number two, another really interesting one to me because it's my people. Right, yes. Dr. Crystal? The blue zones. Five regions on Earth where people have a longer life expectancy. Um, And it's really interesting, some of the theories going on there. So tell us the blue zones.
1: Yes. Well, first, my first uh, question, you know, you think inquiry minds want to know why are they called the blue zones? What's significant about blue? And there's not much. It's just the the researchers when they started, kind of mapping out these locations, um, they just circled them with a blue pen, and they became you know, and that's S- how blue they became the blue zones. zones.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
1: But uh, but these- well, but they te-
0: but these regions do tend to have nicer weather. Yes. Bluer skies, more, more, more time than not. Right. That's so there's some there's some correlation, maybe.
1: Maybe. Uh, But one key component um, with these areas is a Mediterranean style diet. So we're thinking that's really the key to why these people live so long. You know, these these centenarians who live, you know, into their hundreds, um, one particular area is the Akaryans, which is, you know, it's the small Greek island. And these individuals are almost entirely free of dementia.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, that's
1: and impressive. one out of three individuals make it to their 90s. Yeah. So, of yeah, course, it- researchers want to find out what is it about yeah
0: these areas well we we've said that how many times i mean mostly you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do one thing for your body that's that's important you know exercise is good all that kind of stuff but eat better right at the end of the day healthy eating has a huge impact across across all parameters of what you know things that we measure called health so that that's i think key now basically the areas we're talking about what they're like mid-mediterranean the greek area Croatia, mm-hmm. Albania, those kind of those kind of places, and that that's where my family is from from Albania. Um, and yeah, I will tell you, there's a, a longevity, significant longevity on uh, my mom's side of the family, and I I know I had I've had several great aunts and uncles that have lived into the hundreds.
1: Yes, well, what what we see is the meals. Are whole, uh, rich in whole grains, nuts, fish, olive oil, vegetables are important. Um, they eat seasonal, fresh foods, local yes. foods. Yeah. Um And one thing that we're also noticing is that their social connection is important. Their meals are eaten eaten with their family and their friends.
0: Wow. Listen, yep. We listen. They're every- not eating
1: alone at yep. their desk.
0: Every, every meal in, in my, that side of the family, it's a celebration. <laughs> it's loud. It's long. There's lots of eating. There's, there's, there's good like oils, family. lots of greens, lots of good red wine. I remember that. Um, and that's, that's how they did it.
1: You know, and I, that's something I try to incorporate in, in my home. We have, you know, we may not have breakfast or lunch together, but dinner. We all sit around the table every night. I think, that's, I think that's
0: so important. I, I really do. I think getting back to families having that time where you can eat a good meal, share the stories of the day. I We, used to, we don't see that that much anymore. And I think I think that's a shame. I, I'm glad to hear that you uh, that you still uh, bring your family to the table. That's good.
1: Yes, I do. It's a special time. <laughs>
0: Hey, so let's go into N number three. Now, again, you know, some of these Ns, when we first say it, you might be like, oh, whatever. But you got to listen to why it's an N. So this N is oats. And you might think, yep. okay, yeah, I've heard oats. I know oats are good. Okay, let's move on. But there's some new research coming out, right, about oats.
1: Yes. Well, there's an uh, an antioxidant or a group of antioxidants that many people may not be aware of. Um, and I'm going to say this slow, Dr. Mike, to make sure yeah. I get it right. You can help me out, okay. out here now. Avnathramides. Yeah.
0: There you go. How you you know? got it. Avnathramides. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so yes, these are antioxidants and what's new, um, that we're seeing is they can actually help with arterial health. They can enhance nitric oxide production um and help to prevent atherosclerosis.
0: Yeah, you know That's it's interesting because oh it wasn't that long ago right Dr. Crystal that oats the FDA even allowed a statement about you know a diet high in oats could help to control cholesterol and heart disease and that kind of stuff but the truth is it's it's way more than the cholesterol probably right it's probably more these antioxidants The nitric oxide, helping with blood pressure, that's probably where the cardiovascular benefit is coming from, not just managing cholesterol.
1: Yes. And, you know, my husband, he's into oats now. I don't know if he's been, you know, he's a researcher. He eats a bowl of oats, not for breakfast, but for dinner. It's kind of like his dessert at night. Oh,
0: that's good. Yeah. I actually have oats probably two or three times a week for breakfast. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the yeah, organic oats. Make and, sure,
1: Dr. Mike, you're not putting a lot of sugar. And I don't know. I put I put
0: no, I put it's organic oats with fresh fruit. Okay. Maybe 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 a squeeze of honey.
1: Oh yes. But not mm-hmm.
0: much. Yeah, but not much. I mean okay. the oats need. Nutrition is approved. Need, the, the oats need some help. <laughs> they, they need a little
1: straight out I, of the, the box.
0: I think next time. You gave me a good idea. I'm gonna add some butter.
1: Oh, Dr. Mike. But you know, Wait, I'm especially not, for I'm not an afternoon. Butter. An <laughs> afternoon treat. Sometimes I will um put oats and nut butter, almond butter, or something like that, and a little bit of honey, and kind of make these little oat balls. That's, That's a really good afternoon treat. Good like for that. your heart. That's
0: cool. Yeah. So that's oats. That's the new information coming out. Now we have an out. Now the out is something you, you don't want. Um, you want to avoid that kind of stuff. Um, and this is a big one. You know, this is a scary one. Um, often when people are diagnosed with this, it's way late stage, which is why it's so hard to treat. And that is pancreatic cancer. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. And you know, pancreatic cancer Unfortunately, there's not much that you can do. You're right. It's often diagnosed late, and you know these are it, it's what Aretha Franklin died of. Alex Trebet. you do see a lot of, you know um, public figures having succumbed to this. But what we what we want to talk about is there are modifiable risk factors that you can incorporate or that you can, can try to target. And one is smoking. Yeah. It's so simple, but you know, people, people still smoke. And, you know, and I was thinking about it yesterday, yes, I was and I saw someone in their car and they had their window down and they were smoking. I was like, you know, it just surprises me that people still smoke. I mean, yeah, I'm well, not I mean, shaming anyone, of course. No, but, we're not, not, I mean, but
0: let, let's make, at the end of the day, If you are a smoker, I mean that is a risk factor for just about every disease out there. Yes, I mean at the end, I mean let's be honest. If you want to improve your health, number, you know, eating, exercise. We just talked about food that's so important. But if you're smoking, you're making it hard for your body. Yes, right. So and 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 what about secondhand secondhand smoke
1: as well? Yeah, let's talk about that.
0: That's scary. What what was it that um. Secondhand smoke can increase the risk for pancreatic cancer, right? By over 50%. Right.
1: And you know, I've always thought about the risk factor of, you know, high blood sugar, overweight and obesity. That to me that has always been kind of that risk factor that has stood out in my mind because I think about the role of the pancreas that, you know, is producing insulin, kind of trying to manage blood sugar. And anytime you're you're stressing that system, um, then potentially you you run the risk of just the oxidative stress and and overworking that system. But yeah, the smoking is surprising to me. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't get your weight under control. We do know compared to normal weight people, obese individuals have about a 50% increased yep. risk of developing pancreatic cancer. So, you know, those are things that you can control.
0: Right. Yep, modifiable risk factors. Focus on those because those are those are behavioral things that you can change and improve your overall risk category at the end of the day. Yes. Right. Um, also red meat, try to cut that out a little bit, right? I and mean, you know, if you're eating red meat every night, that's a risk factor.
1: Yes, and the red meat's not bad, Doctor Mike. You know, I, I go not, back and forth and back and yeah. forth. Ultimately, it's just if you have it with every meal. You know, if you're having bacon and sausage for for breakfast, and then for lunch, your roast beef sandwich, and then for dinner, uh, a steak, and that's yeah. you know, that's just too much. Yeah, the and, over- then
0: for, and then and then and then for breakfast, you have the steak and eggs because of the leftover steak, right? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, right.
1: Yes. So, you know, maybe every every meal try to try to reduce it, you know, once or twice a week Um, and then add in the fruit and vegetables. I think that's the other part. Like we're having the meat without the vegetables for the side and and the fruit. Um, So those are protective foods that you should incorporate regularly.
0: Right. So there you have it. That is our three ends, topical CoQ10, living in the blue zones, but it's mostly about what you're eating, the Mediterranean-based diet, and oats, new antioxidants showing uh, uh, you know significant improvements in cardiovascular health. And then let's out, yeah, no one wants pancreatic cancer, and there are modifiable risk factors. So there you have it. There's our ins and outs for living forever. As Dr. Crystal, thanks for joining me. Hey, don't forget- At liveforeverish.com, there's a ton of podcasts for you to download, like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss that Monday post. We really appreciate that. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm your host, Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.